morning, everybody. I don't, I don't think I've been here since before COVID, have I? Before uh, COVID, when the world shut down. So I'm so grateful to be back here, with staying with my dear friends Mel and Bob, and uh, love having Kay and Kent. Kent brought me this keyboard so that I can actually look at you instead of being over there. It's all very good. And, and uh, Justin playing drums, great sound. I'm very happy to be here. So I guess you know that the title, thank you. <laughs> Mel and I have already almost finished a new song. Yeah, and, and I'm staying two more days. Yeah. So you never know, we could have a new album. <laughs> so the title of my talk, as you probably have guessed, is Everyday Heroes. And we've all grown up with the image of heroes. If you look at any Disney movie, there's a hero. Unfortunately, it usually starts from a mistreated, wonderful young woman who, through no fault of her own, needs someone to rescue her. And it's usually a delightful, handsome prince on a white horse who swoops in in the nick of time to rescue her, saving the day as they ride off into the sunset with birds singing and rainbows and fireworks lighting the sky. The hero. And I love Disney and fairy tales. I read fairy tales. I still read fairy tales. Who, who am I kidding? And I still watch Disney films with children in my life and with my inner child. But they're set up with a premise that a hero is larger than life. A larger than life figure that's outside of ourself, someone who has something that we don't and therefore is able to rescue us. The myth of the hero is from ancient Greece, literally meaning protector of or defender, a figure who captures our imagination with feats so amazing and so brave and dangerous that we are captivated. But here in Texas, I haven't seen many handsome princes riding around on white horses. Although I have to rethink that, actually in Texas, a horse could go by me at any time, I think. <laughs> but first, who wants to be in a state of continually needing to be rescued? I don't, and I actually am afraid of horses of any color. <laughs> so we add that in. Wikipedia, that source of all knowledge, says that the most important traits of a hero are kindness, self-esteem or believing in yourself, and putting others before yourself. Pretty much the same characteristics that were in the Wizard of Oz and that the wizard, who was not really a wizard but just an ordinary person with a beautiful sense of self-esteem, and he gave these gifts to Dorothy, the Cowardly Lion, the Tin Man, and the Scarecrow. But as Glinda told Dorothy, you have this power within you all the time. So I interpret that to mean that each of us is a hero in our own way. And we don't need to look very far from our everyday life to realize what numerous heroes are actually in front of us at every moment, doing things quietly, heroically, and lovingly. So I think back to my mom and grandmother. They both sewed and were very creative, and they encouraged me from childhood on to be creative. And they helped me and they taught me. 
In many of the old pictures, my great-grandmother, who was a little confused by the time I came into the picture, she's sitting with eight children around her. It's my cousins and me. We're all in matching red and black flannel pajamas that my grandmother sewed for all of the grandkids. I don't know when she found the time to do this. Boys and girls, we all matched. My great-grandmother, of course, looks like she's wondering who these children are and why they're dressed alike. Later, her name was Daisy, such a beautiful, beautiful name. Later in middle school, I took home ec. Does any of, they probably don't offer that anymore, but how many of you took home ec? It's a very useful, useful class, like typing, you know, everyone should do it. In that class, they taught you to do basic things like scramble eggs, boil water, and sew so that hopefully when you left home, you wouldn't starve immediately. You could sew a button on. And, uh, you know, it also required you to pick a pattern and sew something as a project. Most of the wiser kids in my class, we're talking eighth grade now, picked a pillowcase. That's three seams and a hem. I, of course, picked a Vogue pattern with a stand-up collar, pleated sleeves, a zipper, which wasn't even covered in home ec, French cuffs, that's great big ones, which required buttons, buttonholes, which uh, my, I didn't have my complicated sewing machine then, and a fitted waist. Yes. I know. Thank you, Mel. Good to be recognized. I didn't have my complicated sewing machine yet, which would make buttonholes. So I probably planned on just slitting the fabric and hoping the teacher didn't notice. As I started the project, I discovered that the entire thing was beyond my skill set. What a surprise. I had had four weeks of sewing, mostly straight seams. I was lucky I could even open the pattern, let alone cut it out. It had facings those stiff pieces of fabric that keep the dress in a shape. I had no idea what to do with them. So I asked my home ec teacher to help me and she patiently pinned them into place for me. But I thought she was wrong, imagine that. <laughs> so I undid them and put them on the outside, which is where I thought they went. Have you ever doubted one of your mentors or teachers and thought that you knew better? Let's just say that the teacher in this case, was correct. <laughs> and she was not amused when I had to ask her to put the stupid facings on a second time. <laughs> so because I had a big dream, an unrealistic dream, which I wasn't aware of because I had self-esteem, no problem, uh, but I had a limited toolkit, my assembled dress was lopsided, the, fat, the facings obviously were messed up, the sleeves were crooked, the zipper was uneven, it had no buttons or buttonholes, and the hem was crooked, so it was asymmetrical before that was cool. I was a trendsetter, and I viewed this as complete success in my eyes. It resembled a dress if you held it at arm's length and squinted your eyes. I proudly showed my finished project to my mom and grandmother, who gently pointed out areas where I might make some improvement. <laughs> Have any of your heroes or teachers ever pointed out areas in your life 
where you might think about it a different way? Have you ever resisted that suggestion? <laughs> I informed my mother and grandmother that this was good enough. And I was wrong. Mom and Nanny stayed up all night undoing my mistakes. My dress after they finished with it was dazzling. When I came home from school that day, I told them proudly that we got an A. <laughs> they were not amused. But they were my quiet heroes, picking up the pieces and making sure that I was successful if I put any effort into it. Have you ever had a hero who has picked up the pieces around your life, even if they did it quietly? I hope that I thanked my mother and grandmother, but I was 12, so what are those odds? <laughs> but it's never too late to offer gratitude, even though they're not on the same plane with me anymore. I can pay it forward to others. In the following years, emboldened my, by my huge success of even passing home ec, I started making a lot of my own clothes. Pleated jackets, I still liked Vogue patterns. Lined velvet capes, everyone needs one of those, I still have it. <laughs> Elaborate stage clothing, very complicated stuff, and I was creative, so I would take apart the seams and put contrasting fabric in. Very unique styles, and I loved velvet and satin. Those complicated fabrics that need to be matched so that they look normal when you assemble the dress. Because velvet, if it's not going the same direction, looks like, I don't know, it's not a good look, let's just say. It looks like it's been brushed the wrong way, like your hair. Mistakes made in these fabrics are always there. You can't rip it out. You have to do it right the first time. Much like life in general. And since I usually waited until Thursday to cut out a dress I was planning to wear on my Friday night date, mom and nanny frequently had to come to my rescue. Everyday heroes, quiet everyday heroes. They never said a word. They just took it from my hands. These are acts of love. Love that is not announced, but is nonetheless present. When I got married, I made my own wedding dress. I had improved by then. <laughs> I made that without any help, but my bridesmaids could not figure out how to open their pattern or make their dress. So I made all of their dresses as well, velvet and satin. I wish I could say that I was a hero in this tale, but that's all of that sewing before my wedding was an act of insanity, not to be confused with an act of love. Because no one wants to be, wants to change from an everyday silent hero unto, into a grumpy martyr. It's not the same. Now, I don't sew very often now because fabric actually costs more than buying a dress off the rack, but I still use my creativity in other ways. Everyone in this room is a creative. If you quilt, if you make up stories to tell your grandchildren, if you write music, if you play an instrument, uh, if you read books, if you do crossword puzzles, you're creating. And if you organize fundraisers for great causes, doing your part for social injustice, we're all creating something that will make this world a better place. And when we create something, we toss it out into the world like seeds of dandelions never knowing where it will land, 
whose life it will touch, if anyone will listen. You know, when I write a song, I never know where it will go, if anyone will hear it, use it, sing it, you know, care about it at all. And since CDs are apparently going out of favor, all of us artists have had to learn new ways to create. COVID actually almost put me onto a new path altogether because I had to learn so many new skills, starting with iMovie that almost made me weep. But I called in my teachers because there's always someone that will help you if you ask. And someone that's already figured it out and might be calmer than me trying to do a video. <laughs> the first video I did, I think it took me 50 tries just to say my name. That is pathetic, okay? But I have gotten slightly better, and you know what? I am grateful that I can learn new things. Say that with me. I am grateful that I can learn new things. So if you're looking around and you're thinking back in your life for the heroes that have been in your life and are still in your life, literally everyone that we meet has some kind of impact on us. Even if they stop to talk or they breeze by us as if we were invisible. It's taking that extra step, giving a little bit more of oneself, putting the other person first that raises that encounter to a fleeting encounter up to a hero sighting. A hero could be that teacher that sees a child struggling and they spend a little extra time with them. It could be me just not smiling at the cashier at the checkout lane, which I always do, but finding something to compliment them about. Wow, I love your hair, or that's a beautiful color on you. Who knows what their day has been like up until then? It could be having breakfast and giving a generous tip to the waitress. I've been a waitress. I know how thankless that sometimes seems. These are small, small actions that could have an incredible impact. You may be standing right now or sitting next to someone who is barely holding it together, and you can't see it on the outside, and yet your simple act of kindness can elevate their day to the point that they can go on. The true meaning of heroism lives on in profoundly good people who choose to do the right thing selflessly and without an expectation of recognition. And we, when we look back over our lives, we want our legacy to be not how many houses or cars we have, although it's good to have a house and car, or how much money we have in the bank, but it will come down to how many people remember you with joy and gratitude. Above all, the hero, in its truest sense, us, encourages us to transform ourselves for the better while delivering a serious dose of hope. Recently, a friend of mine that I knew from songwriting camp, where Melinda and I go uh, each summer to immerse ourselves in and the word camp is, uh, is true. So I'm really a Marriott girl, but I go to this upstate camp and sleep in a bunkhouse to write songs. This is how important my craft is. And I've talked Mel into coming with me. <laughs> That's perfect. That's what friends do. But recently, a friend that I knew from there who had been a childhood cancer survivor, when that was not words that you actually usually heard, 
died from complications of COVID. She'd already beaten the odds too many times to count. And like I said, I knew her from the songwriting world and she was also in my um, memoir writing class in the creative nonfiction writing community. And she was well known in the life coach world. She intersected with hundreds or thousands of people and she touched so many lives in positive ways. She was a hero, not just because she had lived so long with a terrible diagnosis and all of the ensuing complications, but because she lived her life so authentically and joyfully that everyone wanted to be around her. They wanted to call her friend. Don't each of us try to be a person that someone wants to be a friend to? Don't you want to draw friends to you that see the world as a beautiful place? And outside of our immediate life, the news is a little depressing. You know, if you look at that and you soak that in, it's hard to uh, be optimistic. But heroes should be that beaming strip of light that tear open the darkness and remind us that even when we thought all was lost, there are still people we can turn to for guidance and hope. Profoundly good people who choose to do the right thing without an expectation and in whom the true meaning of heroism lives on. So let's sit for a moment and think about the heroes that have been in our lives. They may have been there for a short period of time. They may be with you now. They may be on another plane of existence. They may be someone sitting beside you. That person, that hero, who made sure you went to school every day, even if you didn't want to. The person who reread their college algebra text so that they could help you with your homework. In fact, offer a prayer of gratitude to the people who even made you do your homework. That person who made sure you ate some vegetables, even if you stared at the carrots so long that they regrew a stem and you could have planted them out in the yard. The person who encouraged your creative outlets, who sat in your softball games, who sat by a swim meet watching you go back and forth across the pool. The ones that nurtured your passions, whether team sports or music lessons, the ones that listened to you, like my family did, play the same passage of a song a thousand times until I got it, or the saxophone or violin students where you had to like sit in another room because, uh, let's just say when I was taking college and I was taking violin, they made you take six months of each instrument group. I believe it was at eight in the morning. That's just unjust. Every violin was in a different key. We're playing Bluebells of Scotland, and I swear the teacher had bourbon in his coffee. <laughs> I wished I'd had some. That was that painful. Those quiet, unassuming heroes, both male and female, who nudged and nurtured each of us just enough that we turned out to be the kind, amazing humans that are sitting here in this space today. We're each products of the heroes in our lives. And uh, like my long ago sewing projects, which, you know, I'm gonna start quilting again, why not, you know? Uh, quilt's usually a straight seam and there's no patterns. <laughs> uh, each of us sews up our own personal story. 
It's unique and wonderful to look upon like a tapestry. And we have the power to proclaim this tapestry beautiful, every part of it. So today, as I remember my ancestors, my family, my parents, all of those who have nurtured, mentored, taught, stood beside me any step of the way, all of the teachers, all of my friends, all of the challenging people who showed up in my life so that I could be a hero by just really keeping my mouth shut, <laughs> which is difficult. I say thank you. Thank you for being my hero and allowing me at times to repay the favor. Thank you, and now we're gonna go into a time of meditation. you to sit with your feet on the floor if that's comfortable for you and your hands resting in your lap let us be open and receptive responsive and obedient to the heroic qualities of the spiritual nature that indwells in each and every one of us grateful for those amazing moments when we have somehow found the hero within each of us and let it shine forth. Let us be grateful and in all humility. Let us be appreciative of the divine capacities and the capabilities with which we all are endowed. We give thanks that every person is braver than previously realized. 
stronger than ever known before. Each of us is more loving, more patient, more insightful and selfless than we had ever known and that had ever been expressed before. We give thanks for our parents and our loved ones who gave us our physical vessels of life and for those who nurtured and taught us, encouraged us to be our best selves and loved us no matter what through all of the changes and challenges of life. We turn to the mind and heart of the infinite where we live in love let us rest in the boundless spiritual consciousness that enfolds us giving thanks for the helpers and teachers that inspire the heroism and loving kindness of humankind at its very best as we pray for a moment in the silence of gratitude. So whatever you do this week, do it with kindness in your heart. A kinder world starts with each of us. And no step taken in peace, no gesture offered in kindness will ever be too small. We can be a hero for each other, for people that we don't even know, and for ourselves. you to bring your awareness back to this beautiful space. I close my eyes, let love wash over me. so it is. And so we let it be.